Am I doing this right? How many snacks has he had today? No, please do not eat the dog food. Uh, I think he peed on the floor. What do we make this kid for lunch today? Can you say, Dada? Can you say, Mama? Will I ever sleep again? Welcome to Probably Okay Parenting. A podcast where we take a comedic, raw, realistic, and honest look at what it is to parent a young child. All right. I'm Allison. I'm Brian. And we are parents of a 17-month-old boy. Thanks so much for listening. We like to record these podcast episodes to reflect on our own experience as new parents. And we like to learn as we read parenting books, parenting articles, and kind of examine what techniques, tips, and tricks we can use from those in our own parenting journey. We hope that you enjoy and maybe you can relate to something that we talk about here. You can always find us on Instagram at Probably Okay Parenting. Let us know if you can relate to anything we're saying or maybe you can help us with an issue that we're having. We're still pretty new at this and we love to talk about it on a microphone. (laughs) So before we really get going, okay, we just need to address the fact that this podcast is reaching new heights. Blowing up. Now, if you are a new (laughs) podcast listener, meaning new to our podcast or just a new podcast listener in general, um, it's been pretty awesome over the last like couple of days. I think somebody posted on Reddit about our podcast. So pretty cool. Uh, I uh, well, I say I think I did see that someone did post. So it was like I guess on one of those parenting subreddits. But very awesome. I don't know if that's been the driver of all of our new listeners. Our heightened traffic. So another thing that's exciting, Bry, is that now. The United States listeners only make up 91% of our listenership. Wow. Where up until this point, it's always been like 99.9%. Right. So we've got a 9% international audience. That's amazing. I'm very proud of us. Um, also, <laughs> for the new listeners, we always like to uh, you know, fill you in on the goings-on of the sort of inside baseball, for lack of a better term, of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, at the top, you might hear a couple seconds of us either patting ourselves on the back. We like to do that. (laughs) Often giving ourselves uh, maybe constructive feedback about just the podcast in general. Yes. Yes. So DFP is out there. For anyone who doesn't know DFP, dear friends of the pod, we appreciate you. We love the feedback, good or bad, constructive. We love to hear it. So write us. You can always find us on Instagram at probably okay parenting. We hope you'll write in and let us know what you think. Allison, why don't we start with our recap of the week? I'd love to. Great, great, recap. 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 So, Allison, give us your recap of the week. Any any points of note uh, that you'd like to bring up at this point in time? One thing I'm kind of struggling with is, like, knowing how much to give into our toddler's demands. Okay. What do you mean? <laughs> He has a lot of demands from day to day. They say you're never supposed to negotiate with a terrorist. Yeah, I've heard that too. I've seen a lot of parenting memes that say, you know, my child wants to go to bed at 8 p.m., but I don't negotiate with terrorists or something along those lines. Have you seen those? Yeah, it's better than what I just said. So, yeah, he just, he has this little whine that he does now. When he wants something, and it could be, you know, that he wants to play with the top of the peanut butter 
jar, fine. Or a knife in the peanut butter jar. Yeah, that he wants to play with the knife or that he wants to stand up on top of the piano or whatever the various want could be. And I guess I don't know if, obviously there's some things that are pretty innocuous like playing with the top of the peanut butter jar, fine. But then there's some things that are probably a hard no. But it's like, is it okay to give in to the whining when it's something totally like fine for him to play with or should I always set a precedent like no you don't whine to get what you want and that's just not how we express ourselves uh, I don't know I mean it's very challenging for him because he can't communicate yet so that's, yeah that's valid like I personally feel like him whining is not so much him whining for the thing as much as him kind of whining about the frustration of not being able to communicate with us and right. you know he very often he'll be pointing to the counter and there's like 12 things on the counter and he's just kind of like, oh, I have no idea which of yeah, those like, things do you want he this? wants. Do you so want this? Do you want this? It can be very frustrating, I'm sure, for him to not be able to have his, what he feels are his needs being met. Right. Well, that's kind of where I'm at. That's How about it? you? All right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I Yeah, I mean, I think like week to week, you know, things haven't changed significantly for us. Um, I'll say just in general, um, not a high, not a low, not a weird, but just kind of like a dang. Um, I was watching the show, I think it's called 18, 1899. I don't remember what it's called. It's a Netflix show. Not bad. Check it out. But anyway, in episode one, like the second scene of the show is like a very traumatic birth. Mm-hmm. I actually had to like find my, I found myself needing to fast forward through that just because like we have our own traumatic birth situation. So it was just so very hard for me to actually like sit down and watch that also specifically for like entertainment value that I don't know. So yeah, I guess I just did not realize how deeply I was still feeling all those feelings and like reflecting about our son being born almost a year and a half ago. I know, almost which is exactly a year and a half. From funny now. because you watch like the most gory. I watch like horrible. I'm a big horror movie guy. Like I, and like, you know, I, I definitely have consumed quite a bit of content that is graphic in nature, shall I say, um, as w- as well as like gratuitous violence, all that stuff. But for whatever reason, I mean, obviously we know why. For me, like I don't have other things that I have gone through that are like traumatic like that. Let's say at least ones that are depicted on film. So yeah, anyway, uh, that was just uh, that was a lot for me. So that was that was it. Brought you back. It brought me back, and I was like, okay, I'm good. Let me let me skip over this part. But anyway, um, so yeah, just like that was one thing that kind of stood out. I would say from from my week. One new thing I've noticed is that our toddler now, after he completes any task whatsoever shouts yeah and starts clapping for himself i have noticed that too <laughs> i appreciate the self-love and th- and that's He's such proud. a good thing i mean hey you know what there's there's nothing wrong with that i appreciate your optimistic take because my first thought is oh we praise him too much He's going to be so narcissistic. <laughs> mm, I mean, we'll find out, I guess, eventually. But, I mean, my thought is, you know, that he he should also be praising himself when he's happy that he did something. Why not clap for yourself? There's nothing wrong with that at all whatsoever. I hear it. I hear it. Positive week here in Toddlerdom. I know. Pretty exciting stuff. So we're going to go into a new segment. Oh. The segment is called, Does Anyone Else 
And it's basically just asking questions or confessing to scenarios that we don't know the answer to and hoping that one of our DFPs out there, dear friends of the pod, will write in and let us know what they think or maybe if they've also experienced something like this. And then we can all feel less alone in our parenting journey. So without further introduction. Does anyone else? All right. So what you got for us? I have a few. Okay. First one. Hit us. Does anyone else feel like your brain is just completely mush since you became a parent? And I know I've spoke on this before, but this week I had two instances where I really was like concerned for my brain function. Now, I mean, okay, for you, this is very hard. I personally feel like my brain has always been mush, like (laughs) long before having a child. So, you know, now that we have had a child... To me, this has been an ultimate confidence booster for me because, like, a good example is I used to constantly lose, like, I used to be a glasses wearer. I would lose my my glasses. I would lose my phone, my wallet. And you never lost that stuff. Never even, like, (laughs) once. And now you cannot ever find these things. I know. So I have been the person who's finding your phone very often and things like that. So, like I said, I, I know it's probably frustrating for you. Huge confidence booster. You want to clap for yourself and yo, yeah, every time you find something. Finally, (laughs) it's been equalized a little bit. Yeah. So I just want to talk about my two quick instances this week where I really was worried. One, I went to walk the dog today and you just put, you started walking around with the leash and everything outside and then <laughs> almost that she was inside. Almost. So we get down to like the front door. We have a small set of stairs. We get down the stairs. We're like getting ready. I'm getting my coat on. And then instead of going to grab her leash and har- collar and harness to put on her, I picked up our toddler's shoes and I bent down like waiting for her to give me her foot to put his shoes on the dog. Oh, there it is, everybody. <laughs> Our classic, just make my ears explode part of the episode. So sorry. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, and then at some point, like, my mind woke up, and I'm like, wait a second. What am I doing? I was trying to put our son's shoes on the dog instead of yeah. her leash. Okay, that was the first one. That's It probably wouldn't work out. The second one was actually yesterday, And so I work part-time, so I go in in the afternoons. I'm a teacher, and I just teach in the afternoons, which is nice. So in the mornings, I kind of do my own thing. I hang out with our son. So I always, every day, I get up, and when I get dressed, I put on leggings, like I think many other women, just my go-to. And then, you know, at some point around midday, I change for work, and then I go. So the other day... Oh, I remember this, actually. This is funny. I was in the car on my way to work. Just chilling, you know, about five minutes into the drive. And I wasn't really thinking about much. And then I don't know why, but suddenly I just thought, wait a second, what am I wearing today again? And I realized I'm still wearing my leggings and hoodie on my way to work. There's a little bit of context missing from that story, which is you literally left for work. Then you were like, oh, like I heard the door open. Now, I work from home, so, you know, I'm just home all the time. So you left. Then within five minutes, you came back in and you're like, oh, you know what? I forgot something. Let me let me grab this. Whatever. Okay, great. Then you leave again. Then another five minutes pass. You come back another time and you're like, oh, my God, I'm so stupid. I forgot this other thing. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, after the second time, then I assumed like, okay, I'm not going to see you again till the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, I'm making lunch or whatever. 
10, 15 minutes go by <laughs> and then you come in again. And in I was my like, leggings and hoodie. What's happening here? And I was I was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, whatever it is that happened, I'm sorry that you got, like, so close to school and then you had to turn around and come Can home. I just ask why you didn't say anything to me when I was leaving in leggings and a hoodie? Well, to be fair, if you don't know Allison, her idea of what is, like, quote-unquote professional attire is not necessarily the exact same as what everyone else considers Fine, professional attire. Fine, but not leggings and a hoodie. Yeah. Okay. My second does anyone else has to do with kind of, like, the dynamics of raising a child with another human. Okay. Like, in a marriage or, you know, in a partnership. So I feel like there's just kind of this built-in issue with co-parenting where when one of the parents has work or some kind of obligation that's like mentally or physically taxing and the other parent is watching the child and then the parent finishes work, let's say, and gets home and the parent who's been with the child all afternoon while the other parent has been at work needs a break from the child and the parent who's been at work all afternoon is like, my brain is fried. Mm. I need a second because I just got home from work and both parents are kind of like, Need 20 minutes, basically. Yes, yeah. everyone needs 20 minutes. But, you know, when you have a toddler, no one gets 20 minutes. Um, and so I just feel like that's such an interesting dynamic. And this week, I was at a really long rehearsal. You know, takes a lot of brain power. Spring musical season. Yes, and then you had been with our son all afternoon, which takes a lot of patience and mm -hmm. brain power. And then I walked in the door and was kind of just like, Oh, it would be nice to just like lie down, you know, change into comfy clothes, lie down for a few, like maybe scroll my phone, do something brainless. And you were kind of like, oh, I've been with this toddler for, you know, five yeah. or six hours straight. Like, it'd be nice to lie down, scroll my phone, do something brainless. And we were both like, well, I guess we'll just wait till bedtime. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the other hard dynamic of that, because there are some times where it, like on the weekend or in the morning, sometimes you and I will be like, okay, I'll take them for the next like half hour. Sure. So that you can sleep in a little. And then whenever you get up, then maybe we'll switch and I'll take a break. But the hard thing <clears throat> when it's not like the weekends or, you know, early morning, that kind of thing, is if you've been gone all day and I've been with him, then normally he's obviously like obsessed with you and everything and definitely chooses mom over dad at this point in time, 100% of the time. But when he's been without you for a couple hours, then he like, ev it's even more intense, I think, when he sees you. So, like when you walk in, I would love to give you 20 minutes or half an hour or whatever. But when we have tried that before and you like close the bedroom door, he literally just sits <laughs> outside the bedroom door and like bangs on the door. So, yeah, I think it is a really hard dynamic for sure. Yeah, maybe I just need to stay in my car. Yeah. <laughs> or we need to get like a secret, uh, like a ladder that you can take into our bedroom. <laughs> oh, like Clarissa explains it all. Perfect. Nice. I think we found the solution, but if anyone else has a way that you deal with this or you've realized or experienced this, we'd love to hear from you. Also, does anyone remember Clarissa explains it all? What of a course. good show. Classic. It's such a banger. I forgot about that show. Mm -hmm. Was that on SNCC? I don't know. That was a great segment. I like that one. Yeah. Let's bring that one back, you know, next week or something like that. DFPs, let us know what you think. Parenting news. Next up, we have parenting news. And in this segment each week, what we like to do is either find uh, an article or two or a piece of literature on parenting. Very often we'll go to our great local library. Always a fan of public libraries. Um, and 
I think a lot, there's so much information out there. If there's any particular piece of literature or anything that you think would be interesting for us to talk about or check out, we certainly would appreciate the recommendations. So without further ado. Okay, so I keep seeing these certain type of articles pop up, you know, in various online platforms. And one recent one that I saw that was very clickbaity, the headline was, Want Smarter Kids? Teach Music, Not Coding, According to MIT. Ugh, music. <laughs> the latest neuroscience shows that learning a musical instrument increases brain power. And then right after that, I saw an article entitled, Early Music Lessons Have Long-Time Benefits. That was from the New York Times. So... I read these articles, and it's nothing that we don't know. Obviously, Brian and I are both musicians, music teachers, and we know, obviously, music has a lot of benefits. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, I feel like these articles resurface, reminding everybody how valuable music is right. in childhood, in adolescence, in early childhood. And I also recently had someone ask me, you know, what can I be doing with my young toddler to expose her to music or to be, you know, fostering a love of music or introducing different types of music to her. What are some suggestions that you have? So I thought this could be a fun topic we could chat about. Yeah, I would love to talk about music, obviously. One thing that's interesting to me, though, specifically about like the, let's say, coding versus music mm -hmm. is the focus on outcomes. I feel like like with, let's say, with the example of coding, you know, why has that blown up? for kids recently well i think it's probably not anecdotal to say that most situations regarding coding at least for me personally on the educational side of things is like you're going to be able to make so much money as a coder one day and isn't that amazing everybody's going to be a billionaire because you're going to start a company <laughs> and it's like these are kids that are trying to learn coding skills versus music very often parents are like, oh, well, you, you can't make any money doing that. So, like, why really push your kid in that direction? Hmm. And, you know, I definitely personally am not terribly focused on outcomes, especially as it relates to, like, little kids like this, you know. So what do you think about that? Just as far as, like, you know, I don't know that there is necessarily a tangible per se, you know what I mean? that you're getting out of, let's say, putting your kid in music classes. Like, there's a lot of intangibles, sure, but I'm not at all focused on, like, the outcome. Well, I mean, our son, I'm fully expecting and needing him to be an international pop star. Broadway. Broadway star, I thought. Oh, yeah, both. But, okay, You know, sure. he's going to kind long, of, like... Well, if he starts in Broadway, then he can easily make his way over to the pop world. Yeah, and then he might decide to do a run of the Book of Mormon revival at one point and then could be. pop on over one to sell show. out stadiums across the world. It could be. You're absolutely right. That could be true. Th that will be his future. But anyway, in the meantime, uh, so I'm not going to really go in depth about these articles because I think everybody can surmise what they say. But a big point that everybody that they're making in all of these articles and literature that we see studying kids who have had exposure into music talk about just increased cognitive functions and memory, executive functions, and just the connections between auditory skills and higher executive function in the brain. So no, not tangible, as you say, but definitely noticeable benefits. 
I don't know. I mean, again, whenever, you know, you and I obviously having been like career music teachers have just spent so much time listening and then also teaching and talking about like the advocacy of music education. And, you know, I personally am tired of advocacy for music education. Like, I just think we should all be doing music. I don't think we need to constantly be like, because it makes you better at math and and all that stuff. You know what I mean? It just is great. It just is great. And your kids should be doing music because it's great. And because, you know, for, in my opinion, I don't know that it enhances your creativity or your self-confidence more than anything else in particular. Like coding, for example. Like coding, for instance, or... I don't think athletics is bad for your self-confidence. I don't think or it's bad art, for your creativity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously I personally have a predilection towards music because I'm a lifelong musician, but, you know, I don't know that it's better or worse than any well, other. Well, literally the second thing. article that I read, Early Music Lessons Equal Long-Time Benefits, closes with that exact sentiment. You know, like you shouldn't encourage your child to do music for any external benefit or it's going to make mm. you better at reading or it's right. going to, you know, it just is wonderful in itself and these benefits come right that's what i was gonna say it's like those there might be some benefits on in reading and and all that stuff but at the same time it's like isn't it just kind of awesome and and again case in point like every saturday we have music class if you've been a listener to the pod you know we love our music class it's like the most important thing for us all week basically and (laughs) at the same time when we're at music class i am not even thinking for a second about how this is going to impact his life beyond like i'm having a lot of fun right and that's it that's that's i think we don't have to i mean we are literally making a podcast about overanalyzing parenting but (laughs) that is one aspect of parenting that i do not like to overanalyze so what would you say brian if someone asked you what can i be doing with my young toddler to expose them to music and then i'll tell you what i had told this individual oh nice um I have done so much research on this particular aspect of things. And I mean, the biggest thing that I would say for like any child or or even if you're an adult, if you're in your 60s and you want to learn to play the guitar, the best thing you can do is take your guitar out of its case and put it in an extremely accessible place. So for a child, obviously, that's a floor. So, um, you know, to me, the more... Um, sort of like a musical instruments or sort of gateways to music that you can provide for them in a space that's easily accessible for them. So meaning if you got like a little guitar or like a little, um, you know, they make all those like piano type or keyboard type Or like toys. mini little xylophone exactly. for kids. Yeah. Leaving that stuff out and on the floor and readily accessible is the thing that's going to make them play with it. If you're having to get it out every time and try and do like an activity every time and direct them towards this activity, it's going to be a lot less successful than just having it be a part of their play space that, that they become very accustomed to. Yeah. And actually that's a Brian tip for life in general. And you use this tip all the time. Like if there's something that you want to do more, you have to take away all of the like steps between you now and doing the thing. And that is just such a good life tip. You should really be espousing that everywhere. But like, for example, we don't always feel like recording this podcast. Like it's night. We finally got our toddler to bed. We're tired. We kind of just want to like chill. Not that this is like really excruciatingly hard, but you know what I mean? It's like one extra thing. I don't feel like it, but Brian's take is like if we already have the mics out and like set up and good to go, we're so much more likely to do it than it's like, oh, we got to take the mics out. We got to plug everything in. Same thing with like practicing my flute. 
even though it's easy to take out of a case and put together, if it's already out and ready and on the table, I'm just so much more likely to pick it up and practice. And that can just be applied to so many things. So I didn't want you to just gloss over that Hmm. premium life tip. Yes, well, I appreciate you uh, underlining it. The only other thing I would say with like introducing kids to music or, or whatever, I mean, again, is focusing on the joy of it. If there if that if there is going to be an outcome, so to speak, it should just be that it's a joyful, entertaining, or fun thing. So for me, like we're very lucky to have a, a piano, and you know, in our living space here. So our son and I go over to the piano like constantly all day long, and it might just be to bang on keys for two seconds. You know, it doesn't have to be to play, you know, Rachmaninoff or something like that. It's just. <laughs> So that he can see me play or like get enjoyment out of it. And then eventually, you know, he might, as he has, just kind of he'll walk over to the uh, piano independently and pluck on the key. So, again, I think it's just trying to invite um, engagement with music through your own personal enjoyment. And then also, again, yeah, accessibility. What do you think? You mentioned leaving the guitar out. If you had like a little ukulele or guitar, like little xylophones, there's also so many little percussion instruments. Like oh, yeah egg shakers or little jingle bells you can put on their feet sticks whatever to hit yes things with so what i told this friend of mine who asked was all that kind of stuff percussion and playing along with songs that they like already so this young toddler really likes moana so putting moana on and like playing with the egg shaker with the song playing i'll steal you moana (laughs) yeah exactly it's that one right (laughs) and also just talking about you know just very elementary ideas so can you play a high notes on the piano? These are high notes. Can you play? Oh low yeah. Notes? I mean, I don't. I w- again. I was not sure how deep into the nitty gritty of music education you want to get, but I mean, we certainly could go there. Um, you know, I think exactly what you said. The basics are what matters. So, like, if you're not a musician, the basics are literally high, low, mm-hmm. and then like you know, fast and slow, loud and soft, loud and soft, (laughs) fast and slow, high and low. Those are basically the three primary categories. If your kid can start to figure that part out, then congrats. They're ready for, you know, Juilliard, Juilliard. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I want to recommend the series of books. I know Usborn or maybe it's pronounced Usborn. I think Usborn. It's definitely, it's U-S-B-O-R-N-E. Yeah, I never really know how to say it, but I know they're very popular children's books. There's a whole... Very popular in our house, as a matter of fact. Yes, and I've seen many kids have them. I've seen them at the library, but there's a whole series of musical books and they'll have a Mozart, you know, book or Beethoven or early classical music or whatever. And there's little buttons you can press throughout the book and it plays different symphonies or different, you know, not the whole thing, but a different sample from different symphonies. And then it has little descriptions in obviously kid-friendly language. And those are so fun. We (laughs) love them. We got one from dear listener, Sarah, and our son plays with it all the time. Constantly. Yeah, and it's always kind of a go-to gift. I feel like when we have another kid's birthday party, we love to get those books for kids because they're so fun. Yeah, they're a little on the pricier side of as far as like kids' books go, and you know you got to get a battery and all that stuff if if your kid's playing with it as much as our kid is. Um, But uh, just pro tip, I was at a uh, used bookstore not that long ago, and they had a couple of them. So always feel free to uh, you know do a little digging. Feel free if you're uh, looking for these kinds of books. But yeah, I think um, 
I don't know how much he gets out of that book as far as like musical engagement per se, as much as it's like fun to, to hear or experience like the cause and effect of like hitting a button, hearing music. But I think sure. in and of itself, maybe that also is musical engagement. The other thing we constantly do is we're just always listening to music in the house. So like we are always asking our speaker to play classical music in the morning or like funk music. Or the other day I randomly pulled up like, um, I think it was like Ethiopian pop music. Like, tr- you know, I always try and almost spin a mental wheel of musical randomness to be like, Oh, what are we going to listen to today? Now it's not like I know any Ethiopian pop artists or something like that, but it's like, Oh, you know what? We have Spotify. Let's just check that out. And sometimes he re- like we were listening to salsa music not that long ago. He was loving that. And it's like very percussive. And I think very often just like kind of spinning that wheel for your kid, they're going to let you know what they're tuning into or, or what they're most engaged by just by like him dancing and, and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Now, sadly, even though you've done a great job exposing him to all these styles around the world, I think his preference is still Don't Coco say Taylor Melon. Swift. Oh, yeah, it's definitely Coco Melon. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, but we're trying. Yeah, I mean, if for nothing else, I can't listen to Wheels on the Bus for like six hours a day, so <laughs> I got to at least change it up for myself. Cool. Although I will say, you know, the other day I asked our speaker to play world music, and the first song that came on was Taylor Swift. It's a weird choice for world music. Not exactly what I would consider However, world music. However, she is popular all over the world. So from mm. that perspective. I mean, that's for another podcast. Real quick before we move on from the music talk, just one thing I always say is like since Brian and I are so desperate for our son to be interested and excited by music, yeah. <laughs> there's just no chance. He's just going to be sports only. Like oh, I, yeah. I, I know I really this to be not. true. I know he's going to be like, music, oh, like get me the football. I don't know. Okay, here's, <laughs> here's what my closing statement is on this. Let's hear it. My, I don't want to say my favorite, student that I've ever had musically but certainly without question my most dedicated and talented music student that I've ever had by far her parents are both professional musicians they were very supportive of her but never once I mean you know you never know what goes on behind closed doors but never once did I hear of them like forcing her to practice or like like kind of forcing her to go in the direction of music. As a matter of fact, I remember talking to them and them saying like they may consider like kind of trying to sway her from music because of how hard that journey is. And ultimately, you know, I think, as I said, just having access to it and being engaged by it all the time, even passively, I think is just so positive and impactful, you know? Yeah. You never know where your kid's going to end up. But again, don't no. don't focus on the outcome. Just focus on the journey. And they, they're going to get so much out of whatever the journey is, unless it's like football or wrestling. And, <laughs> you know, you, your kid's going to get like slammed into something. CTE. Yeah. This is an anti-CTE podcast, but, you know. Sorry if that offends sorry you. Sorry if that offends you. All right. Shall we move on to Hilo Weird? How? Low. Weird. Brian, what's your low for the week? You know, my low for this week is not something specific, but I guess I just get into these like deep, dark holes where I'm reading lots of news and sometimes like whatever the news that's showing up in my algo is all these stories about like terrible things happening to kids, you know, just like some kid having like some terrible accident happen or something. Oh, or, no. Like, 
it's just always things like that. And then, you know, maybe but pre-parent, I was just not super tuned into that. Obviously, like when you read any newspaper these days, there's like a lot of crazy stuff going on everywhere. But at the same time, I just wasn't paying attention maybe as much to kids stuff. I was paying attention to stuff as it relates to schools, obviously from the teaching side of things. But yeah, I don't know. I think that's been my low in general. And then just obviously you're like put your own kid in as the face of all these sort of faceless people in these stories. And then it's just like, you know, not a good, not a good thing. That's just my, that's my low of the week. Yikes. That's pretty low. Pretty low. What about you? My low has just been my anxiety around being worried that he's going to get sick. Like I have a really big week coming up at work. Oh yeah. And I really can't miss. And you've got a lot of stuff going on too. And so in my head, I'm like, okay, we've got this big week where we have to be at these things. And I just feel like he's going to get sick and throw a wrench into this whole thing. And it gets to the point where I'm like, maybe we should just keep him home like this whole week. Like we're supposed to go to the children's museum tomorrow, but I'm like, oh, yeah. is this a risky move? Cause we have a big week at work and I don't want him to get all these germs and then be sick. But I don't think the answer is just to like shelter at home. That seems extreme. So we're going right. on about our regular lives and if he gets sick, we'll deal with it. But just that fear of like, well, he hasn't been sick in a while. So, you know, we're probably due for one. I know a lot of parents feel this way. It's like, oh yeah. In these winter months, you know, it comes in waves and it always seems like, you know, when you've got a lot going on, that's probably when a wave is going to crash. Yeah, that's hard. What was your high of the week? I mentioned earlier that he's obviously been a major mama's boy lately, just 100% of the time choosing mom over dad. And we have so many fun, like beautiful moments when it's just the two of us hanging out and then mom gets home from work or whatever. And then he like literally cannot, he doesn't want anything to do with me. This past week, there was one time where he actually... I'm telling you this, you already know this happened, but for the listeners, he actually like kind of waved me off, you know, like I was on the floor with him and you came in or whatever. And then he (laughs) ran over to your legs, but I happened to be like right there. So I just kind of crawled a little bit closer to him and he completely waved me off. He like swatted you away. First of all, where did you learn this? And (laughs) second of all, um, so anyway, this sounds like a low kind of, right? But it's actually, I'll tell you why it's my high because positive spin. I like it. There was one day this past week where I picked him up from daycare by myself because you were busy, you know, often we'll go together or like, you know, you might take him, whatever. So this particular time I picked him up and one of the other kids said, Oh, your dad's here. And I saw him kind of like poke his head out of the corner. And then he immediately sprinted towards me. Like I've never seen him actually like really run because he only just learned to walk. So he sprinted towards me and like put his arms up and everything. It was just like, you know, like two people running towards each other in a meadow or something like that. (laughs) You know, it was just like such a sweet moment. And especially because it was like, off the back of him just like swatting me away basically Mm. so just made me feel needed you know what i'm saying i do and don't take it personally you know oh i don't it's Mm. i don't take it personally but it's hard not to feel sad about it sometimes especially because like i said we do have like that connection and then it's like but but do we do we actually have that connection you know what i mean because then i see how deep his connection is with you and it's like a whole other thing you do, you do. And everyone keeps telling us he's going to enter a dad stage soon enough. Probably. Definitely. Definitely, like, when he's a teenager, he's definitely going to love me the most. There's no question. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your high of the week? 
My high is just we went shopping today for a few little cute outfits for him because he's outgrown like everything. Yeah, including things we bought him two weeks ago. And I also now we've been lucky that a lot of our wonderful friends have kids a little bit older. So we've been very lucky in receiving hand-me-downs. So we don't often have to go shopping for him. But every once in a while I want to get him something special. Like I want to get him a cute sweater for valentine's day that matches mom yeah of course yeah and so we're walking around and they're just it's just so cute that's what i was gonna say <laughs> often we'll just be in target and we'll like you know we don't need anything we're like oh man that's pretty cute oh my gosh and brian always jokes that the reason i wanted to have a kid in the first place was to dress them in cute outfits well i mean <laughs> i know you i said that earlier tonight when we were at old navy i think you thought i was joking but i remember you pretty seriously saying that. <laughs> yeah well the other thing though and this is still within the realm of the high but this is just a little gripe there are so many more cute options for girls than that is boys. so true and if you go to target Target is a great example just because like that's our local department store basically like the one that's closest to us the boys section is like every time we go through it I'm like this cannot be the whole boys section and then the girls section of clothing is like half the freaking store I know well even today in Old Navy I wanted to get him a Valentine's sweatshirt there was like 20 or 30 options for girls. And oh, they were, yeah, of hearts and Valentine. Yeah, I yes. know exactly what you mean. And they were all like those long, because I wouldn't care. Obvi- I actually ended up buying him one that was in the girls' section, but who cares? Right. But they were all those long, like... It's the style. It's it, not even the color or anything Yeah, like they're that. the long ones that like go past, you know, like you wear, you put a little girl in like leggings and booties and then this big long sweatshirt. Right. So I don't care. I would have gotten him that, but I did find one that was just more of a normal sweatshirt. It was in the girls' section because they didn't have one Valentine's thing for boys. Right. And I'm not trying to, obviously, we're not trying to, like, gender clothing here. But at the same time, when, again, when we were at Target, it's like, uh, there was one particular sweatshirt that I really liked for him. But then when I held it up, it's, like, scrunched kind of in a, like, near the belly. and kind yeah. of a, <laughs> It had, like, a tie at the belly button. Yeah. And now our guy, like, first of all, he couldn't do that because his belly is just hanging out half the time anyway. But also... <laughs> It yeah, it just kind of puts us in a weird position sometimes, and uh, you know, hey, I guess just people like dressing up girls more than boys or something. I mean, that can't be true. He's so cute when we have him all dressed up and everything like that. So yeah, well, maybe there's a white space in the market. You know what I'm saying? To use that, Mm, yeah, business that corporate lingo. All right, what was your weird? Um, my weird is just kind of what I was saying as far as like. Pushing me away, but actually there's almost there's almost another way. Like the vibe of it is kind of like that I'm just not the cool kid at the lunch table. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when when he's with mom, like okay, best example. We were at music class earlier today, okay? And he'll stand up and he'll go grab a little instrument, do all the things, whatever, but he's coming right back to mom. And when I'm like trying to participate in the activity, he kind of looks at me like what do you why who you think you you are yeah why are you trying to participate like this is something (laughs) that i'm doing with my mom right now and then it's like oh all right guy sorry well let me know if you want to hang out or something so (laughs) it just like the uh the attitude is it bringing you back to middle school it's kind of bringing me back to middle school high school you know those deep-rooted feelings of uh you know excluded. excluded yeah of exclusion it's 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 sad, but you know what? Similarly to high school, later in life, he's going to find out how cool I actually am, and then he's going to want to hang out with me all the time. There so. you go. 
What's your weird? Okay, my weird is, so I recently found out, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I didn't know that you weren't supposed to put your kid in its in their super heavy winter jacket in the car seat. Oh, yeah. And I remember, I can't remember who we were talking to about that. Or oh, it was a couple different people. Yeah. And each of them was like, yeah, bro. Yeah, like, you didn't know that? Like, people who aren't even parents were like, I knew that. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Mm, mm, Sorry. No. So, anyway, I don't do that anymore, but... Now it's like I just end up putting him in a light jacket, which is basically a hoodie, because to me, it's like the net warmth of being able to put him in the hoodie, get him to the car, get him in the car seat with it on, get him out, get him into daycare or whatever, is better than putting him in the heavy jacket, walking to the car, taking the jacket off, putting him in the cold car without a jacket, and then getting him out of the car, getting him into the cold, putting the heavy jacket back on, and then walking to daycare. That's just doing a lot. Agreed. And not to mention, not that we need to tell the listeners, but like our guy, his favorite car activity is to take his socks and shoes off like on the road while yes. we're getting somewhere. So now we've gotten to the place. He's <laughs> right. taking his shoes and socks off. Obviously, now we got to put the socks and shoes on, put them outside, get the get coat the on. It's just like... I definitely agree with you, but there are days here, you know, where it's like literally well, zero. Well, so that brings so. me to my weird, which is that it's been like zero to two degrees lately. And so we show up at daycare and he's just in this basically hoodie or it's like, you know, a light spring jacket. And I'm pretty sure they're like, what the hell is with this delinquent mother? Yeah, do we mother? need to get you a coat? I mean, it's a little warmer, I think, than you're describing it, but it is certainly not a winter coat. I'll give you that. It's good for like fall. Anyway... I feel like I'm getting judged, but I don't understand the like big to do with the take off the coat, put on the coat, take off the coat. It just seems like it's not actually that warm because you're constantly taking it off anyway. So what's the point? I could see, you know, it when he's like four or five and he can take off and put on his coat with ease. Sure. Then maybe it makes I'll a little reconsider. more sense. And he can also like kind of get himself into a car seat, you know, like when he can actually be helpful. But now... He's the antithesis of helpful. So as far as like, you know, getting mm -hmm. him in the car and all that stuff. So, yeah, I don't know that it makes a lot of sense. So it's, it's a good weird. weird. That's a good weird. So real quick before we close, I just want to say that for next week, episode 25, we're going to be reading the book The Child Code by Danielle Dick. And I started it. By and Danielle it, what? And it's so good. I actually love this book already and i just started it so i'm very excited to talk about it next week and then the week after that we need some input from our pop community members Ooh. so we're going to be reaching out on our instagram this with a for question ep 26 episode 26 yes we're, i'm going to be reaching out through our instagram to our listeners with a question for our episode and we would love we welcome voice memos or we might even conduct small little interviews with a few of you that we want to include in the episode so please stay tuned for that mm. follow us on instagram at probably okay parenting we'd love for you to participate in the episode and we're so excited about all the future plans here at Probably Okay Parenting. Yeah, and we just want to thank all of our returning and new listeners for joining us. If you taught your kid coding instead of music, oops. Oh, you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> if your child wants everything to do with you until your co-partner slash spouse shows up and then they want absolutely nothing to do with you. If you put your child's shoes on your dog instead of their leash when you're getting ready to walk them. If your brain has always been mush. It's, it's probably, probably okay. okay.